A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're back in the rugby dungeon after no rugby today. I well, I there was like Os- Osprey's Dragons, I think it was a game. There was no rugby today, mate. There was no rugby today. There was no rugby today. That was weird. Yeah, I didn't like it. Didn't uh, appreciate that one bit. But I get it. I get it. Uh, we understand why. It's because fans are going to be part of live rugby once again, and that is a, a wonderful thing. It is. It is. So we got... Uh, Oh, sorry, let's, let me t- let me do all the boring stuff first. That's JB. Hello, Tim. That's Phil. Hello, Tim. We're live on YouTube right now. Leave your comments there, and we can um, we can oh, yeah. Already before this podcast started, when we were live on YouTube, Johnny has pointed out that J- JB casually talking about his charity work whilst the cameras are off. <laughs> 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 yeah, JB waited for the red light and then went. Uh, oh, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that, 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 that's for YouTube only. Uh, yes. we'll be out on, on the yeah, well, you can you can see what charity it was and what JB was saying if you go and subscribe on YouTube and, and watch our video content there. Uh, otherwise, we're on a, on a podcast, and if you haven't already, please hit subscribe wherever you get yours. And we're at patreon.com forward slash egg chasers if you want to see a video of us. Um, pretending not to be drunk in front of the World Rugby cameras on one of our Tier 2 tours to Romania, which we hope to be resurrecting as soon as we can. Very soon. Every time you say pretending not to be drunk, I get this horrible flashback of the video that got posted and then swiftly removed when we were in Rome. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a live stream on the Twitter of us. Oh, yeah. Uh, There would have been... There's there's only a, a, a few people that saw that it was Nick Mullins. Sorry? <laughs> Including Nick Mullins. Really? He saw that? <laughs> oh, my. That was a Negroni, wasn't it? In Late no. at night in Rome. It was um, extra, extra dry martini. We had some... We, well, we drank <laughs> quite a few things that night, but we, we were at one point drinking Negronis and another point drinking incredibly dry martinis. I never, martinis. ever get over one part of that night, which is the ridiculous way that you pay for drinks. I still don't understand oh, it. that that um, posh cocktail bar. No, all of them. Like three or four of them have the same system. You pay at the till, you get your receipt, and then you, or you get your drink, and then you pay at the till. I, but you don't pay yeah. at the bar. It's like a, a canteen at school. Yeah, yeah, a bit like that. It, but they, they were like in some posh cocktail bars. Yeah. They were very, very nice bars. Yes, there was something very stylish about them in a sort of Italian it's way. Just Rome, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. guess it is. Guess He's it is. Awesome. Even even like the Deliveroo drivers on their cool little scooters mm. with, with scarfs on and stuff look cool. <laughs> so identifiable, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. They're so relatable. <laughs> That's what well, I like we want, Well, we want to do a tier two tour again as soon <laughs> yes. as we can. Yes, and, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, patreon.com for, um, well, one of the perks is priority access to live tickets. And oh, and by the way, anyway. by the way, I think one of the best shows we're, we're going to do to date is going to be North Dorset Sevens. North Dorset Sevens sounds like it's going to be a phenomenal day out. What's the developments then? That- uh, I've just been hearing a little bit more about how they're organising. You know, there's the, there's there's the Friday event involving a, a, one or two drinks, I imagine. There's the Saturday event involving one or two drinks, I imagine. Then the Lions kick off at five, so we'll watch that, that together. We've even had people donating very cool prizes just to give away to listeners during the live show. Is that right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Awesome. A, a a rugby ball from. I think it might be from the last... It's either from the last Olympics or the last Sevens World Cup signed by each of the captains. Really? Just one of them off the bat. Just got in, Someone got in touch and said, do you want to give that away? That's at, incredible. At sevens tournament, yeah. Awesome. So there's that. Um, we have... We've got a team manager. He doesn't know he's our team manager. He's, he's applied. I've just looked at the one, the one TV. <laughs> one said, yeah, TV. That'll do. That'll do. Uh, so, yeah, him. Yeah, so if you'd like to come and play for our team, to be confirmed whether it's vets or social yeah. cup. And, and by the way, if you want just to apply for a... Committee, a committee job. I mean, we're going to have an enormous <laughs> committee. Well, so, we, we need a social secretary. We need, just... we need all these yeah. things. Yeah. We need all. We need as many committee members. I mean, we want to have something like three committee members to every player, something like that. <laughs> like all good teams. I was thinking about our stash as well, and maybe we should go Negroni red for our kit. But we'd like orange just on the shoulders. The problem is, we already have. Uh, club colours yeah we kind of do now, anyway if, we'll talk about this if we were playing a whole season I would be up for our change kit uh, in, absolutely in, 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 now in you can get in touch with us on email for any reason if you've just got a question a point uh, a rant or a, a, something you think might make a good conversation in fact this is, is a weekend where we might delve into some other areas because there has been less rugby so far uh, it's contacteggchasers at gmail.com uh, one thing um, I'm just going to mention this very briefly. We are just at the end of what has been Mental Health Awareness Week. And my, no, 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 no. I'm not, not going to get anything to anything like that. I just, um, I'm absolutely fine. I'm on board with people talking about that and and bringing that up and stuff. The one thing I don't like, and I just think it's quite. Uh, and I put this in in my YouTube video. I'm just going to point out the fact that um, you know rugby organisations are totally behind it. And nine months ago, the RFU got rid of all of their community coaches and their rugby development officers, which are the very people that can reach out and spread the game of rugby, which does so much good for the physical and mental health of so many people. So, so I've, got, I've got some thoughts about this. Not thoughts, but just some way, a different way to understand it, I guess I'd say. And I didn't realise this, but when someone pointed out to me, yeah, it does make sense. And it's the sort of dichotomy we have of having the professional game tied up with the pro game. Yeah. So I've been thinking like, the last thing you would cut, right, would be these the community coaches because, of course... They feed, they feed the bottom of your pyramid. Yeah, but not only that. I mean, it's just morally wrong because you've taken these people out of the job market. You know, being a community coach is a nice job, but it's not a job which you can leave the RFU and just go work for HSBC. You know, once you've committed five years to being a community coach in the RFU, it's not automatically obvious to me where you would go next. So, in a way, the RFU kind of had a bit of a um, responsibility to these people to make sure that they could continue in employment rather than just, you know... No, I totally agree with that. I'd also say if you think more, you know, not just in the immediate term, we've got to balance the books. Five years' time, there's going to be a fallout for that. Your membership at clubs is going to be lower. The the size of the bottom layer of the pyramid is going to shrink. Mm. And that's going to affect the money 
um, at, at the very, very, very top level. It's going to affect everything. So I just, so as I'm totally on board with the mental health awareness thing. I just think it's just the the elephant in the room for me is actions, guys, and we've just sacked off a whole layer of people that support the game. So the reason that they went, and that was, this is part I was going to come to, and this is the conflation between the pro game and the amateur game, is that the pro game supports the amateur game, but the contracts in the pro game mean that they couldn't be broken. So they've got contractual obligations to, I don't know, the England players or whoever it is, which I'm sure, actually, if they had everything laid out for them, saying, you know, you can cut this, you can cut this, you can cut this, they'd probably try and slow me slice across the board. Because of contractual ob- obligations, because, of course, they're looking after the pro game and the amateur game, the only way they could find savings was through the community coaches, which makes well, it even more tragic, actually. They, they did do both. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie Jones took a big pay cut. Yep. Um, all, all the players took 25% off their... Um, their match fees, but obviously, not 20, enough. Yeah, twenty five percent off a twenty five grand match fee that you might get ten times a season compared to your entire job disappearing. There's pretty stark contrast between those two. So I wonder if there's an advantage to well, there's never going to be an advantage to not having these pe- people about. But I wonder if there's another way to do it. So I was talking to a coach friend of mine the other day who coaches uh, a different league, but in the same area. Mm-hmm. Thinking like, would it not be a really good idea to start almost like coaching society or something? So maybe do it by county. So that maybe once every month you meet up and you just have a few beers and you have a chat about coaching and I don't know, you set up some breakout groups and blah, 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 all that sort of stuff and just talk about the things that you want to talk about. And I reckon it'd be quite cool because different counties would not only be sharing knowledge with each other, um, they might also be developing styles of play. Whereas with the RFU approach, and again, it's not a criticism of the RFU in any way um, or of the community coaches. I wonder if maybe we were missing a trick by having rugby taught from the top down. So here is what we want rugby to look like. The RFU would set uh, set that standard. It would come down all the way through the RFU coaches. And it was good. This definitely they improved the quality of rugby, but it was a consistent quality across the entire country. And I wonder if it'd be better if different regions developed different styles. I, th- I think, yeah, totally. I think you're, when you're talking about getting together and developing styles, I think you're more thinking about people at your kind of level. Whereas I think actually the thing that we're now missing and what community and rugby development officers and stuff do is they they teach volunteers, basically, you know, parents who yeah. volunteer their time. That is true, actually. They teach them how to teach kids how to catch, pass and tackle properly. Basic skills, which if you haven't got by the time you're 11, you're never going to, you're never going to make it. Uh, well, well, you're never going to make it. That's no, sure. no, you're never, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. never going to make it. But if yeah. you, you may, um, unless you are, or you may um, get, in, or you may get injured and hurt, you may, yeah, not, yeah. you may not enjoy it, the game. There's lots of negatives to I, not having yeah, those skills. Yeah. Although I do, all, I do also think, right, uh, that you might also get a rude awakening when you get senior rugby and you don't need any of these skills. Oh, well, you can catch a pass, put that in the bin because we're going to get over the game line now. Because <laughs> all you're going to do is you're going to hit rucks all day long. Do not touch a ball. Is that Tuck H training? Yeah, I was uh, going to say. Well, you know. I was going to say again, I think you might be fixated on your own coaching <laughs> no, no, no. methods. There are, there are some players who just need to hit rocks. Do not touch the ball. Do not get in between the 9 and 10. Don't do any of that. Agreed. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, another bit of news from this week. Um, it, well, we're going to have an England-Saxons team back, which is great. Yeah, an England second-string team. England second-string team. They're not They're not England-Saxons. Um which was a decision taken by the newly formed <laughs> Inclusion and Diversity Board. I do, who knows? The RFU, knows I believe. That? Was it them? Was I, it them? I, 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 don't I don't know. know. I don't know where I, it came from. I'll be honest. There's two parts to this. That's, I've not looked into that side of this story because it just seems ridiculous. Um, the other side of the story is I actually love watching England Day. 
England sacks, whatever yeah. you want to call them, because it's it's a great opportunity to showcase the second the, the guys. I remember um, Addison and Mike Haley, obviously, who've gone on yeah. to be um, Ireland capped, but th- them playing against South Africa, emerging Springboks or whoever, whatever. Running like Labradors, someone, team was. someone yeah. described them as. Um, I love that level of game. And it's, it's been a while there for since rug- we've seen it. It's there for rugby noses like yeah. us, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So you can you can educate whoever you're watching it with. Oh, that's the third string scrum half from Bristol, actually. It, exactly. Oh, that's Sam James. Oh, you don't know Sam James. <laughs> 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 but it, but this year is even more interesting because obviously England are contributing ten or eleven players to the Lions. Yeah. Which means that they're uh, f- the first strength full capped England team playing Canada and USA is going to be a kind of. 1A, 1B team, and then the Saxons team will, will be really interesting. Can capture England all A. those dual qualified players now. Yeah. Oh, Who yes. brings them up? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> you and Ashman playing hooker. Yes, yeah. please. And for the record, I don't actually, I don't really, I'm ambivalent as to what the team is called. I like watching them and I like that it's there. Um, well, I, I, I do, however, think that the reason for changing the name is absolutely ridiculous okay. that's my personal opinion well the, the reason for changing the name it's sort of I don't care what it's called for the record I don't yeah. mind but I, I, the reason I find a bit of a bit, <laughs> of, a, no bit of a farce I, I reckon we should call them the England graffiti artists right because <laughs> it reminds okay the reason that they're doing this they, obviously no one cares about the name right but they want to release a statement about changing the well, name well, no, I, I don't understand how the name Saxons is not inclusive. It doesn't in matter. Any way. It doesn't matter. Just, All that matters it, is... It's yeah. offending people that no, were descended from the Normans? No, no. What, or from the Vikings? <laughs> what they want to do is they want just to say we're doing something, right? Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. doing something. Now, this reminds me of uh, the last great inclusion and diversity effort which they did, and I've spoken about this before, which is the graffiti font writing at Twickenham. Yeah. So in carry, order, carry them home. <laughs> yeah. In order to make Twickenham more inviting... They decided to use graffiti font across all the hoardings because, of course, if you're from a certain demographic that the RFU supposedly want to attract to, uh, well, why wouldn't you be attracted to graffiti? It's, it's like the most patronising... Suddenly, <laughs> as soon as... But the thing is, Jay, yeah. what, what you're forgetting is as soon as they did that, um, well, it changed uh, instantly. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's absurd that you see, actually... Well, you, actually, you don't see that. You see lots of people in Mustard Chino standing behind graffiti font and not knowing why it's there, and it all looks absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. The, the inter- as with so many things like this, the intention is absolutely in the right place. Um. And the outcome, I'm not really bothered about. I, th- I think the name England Day is pretty lame, but yeah, I, I, that's what you want to call it, whatever. I'd, I'd prefer something. Just yeah. I don't know. I, I've always liked the Irish Wolfhounds. Wolfhounds, just dogs, dogs, bulldogs, English England bulldogs. Yeah, I don't, what, I don't what, mind that. What's a Welsh dog? Sheepdog. Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, County Terrier. <laughs> no, no, that would be that would be the Scot- Scotland Scotland Terriers Scotland Terriers <laughs> Scotland Terriers English England bulldogs. Irish wolfhounds. Oh, oh, we have Welsh sheepdogs. Welsh, Welsh. Obviously, we have Welsh sheepdogs. Welsh sheepdogs. Are they Welsh red sheepdogs, I wonder? I've got a feeling that they are. I think we've got a breed called Welsh... The, the, the Wales Collies. Welsh know. red sheepdogs, I think. And yeah. actually red... Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not terrifying, is it? The, the Wales... Yeah, Welsh sheepdog. Sleeping dog breed. Setters, the red, like red setters, they could be... They're, they're uh, Irish, mate. Uh, Cardigan Welsh corgis. Corgis, the corgis. corgis. The Wales cor- Welsh corgis, English bulldogs, Scottish terriers, Irish wolfhounds. There Love you go. It. Perfect. What, what French be? There's got to be a French dog. Poodle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now you're talking. Italian? How far can we go? I can't think of oh, an Italian dog. Well, uh, I will say this. 
Actually, you can go as far as you want because every single European country has a generic hunting dog. So this is the difference between English hunting dogs and European ones. Europeans like generic ones, which will do everything. We like individual hunting dogs, which will do certain things. So specialised. Yes, yeah, so you've like got retrievers. Cocker spaniels are going collect the um, the gun dogs, basically, aren't they? They yep. they go and get the birds once they've yeah. And shot. then they've got other ones which will I don't know which will go down holes, and they've got all sorts. Whereas the like the Spanish and whatnot just have one dog for everything. See the the fans, <laughs> and we've got quite a few people getting in touch saying they love the rewilding chats. We've yeah, had. of all the things. So they'll, be, they'll be loving this. Of all the things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, our, our friends at the Mall Over podcast have uh, hopped on and since, uh, and, and never a truer sentence has been said than this. Uh, and if you're if you're an egg chasers listener and you haven't checked out Mall Over, give them a go. They're really good lads. Mm. They say, "Oh, Italian schnauzers." Um, but uh, offence is always taken, not always intended. Uh, mm. uh, taken, not given. That's wise words right there. Absolutely, world would be a better place if we all took that on board. Right. Uh, any other news? Any anything else going on? Uh, Mike Brown's career at Quinns is over. Oh, yeah. Um, Six-game ban reduced from 12. Do you reckon he'll appeal it just just because? Well, I've got, uh, you've got nothing to lose. He might do, yeah. I, I don't know, actually. Because, um, yeah, it, it would be a sad end. Well, it, it will be a sad end. If, he, if Quinns make the top four and Mike Brown is not there to at least... Um, Playing those final couple of games, um, having won it with them in 2012, I want to say, yeah, um, yeah, it'd be a disappointing end, but uh, predictable given the incident. I think I don't think if he does appeal, I think he might get a longer ban that might actually prevent him from starting his Newcastle career on the right but foot. Here's the thought, though: who cares from Harlequin's point of view? What from Quinn? Yeah, just 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 appeal it. It doesn't it doesn't make any difference if he's banned for six weeks or twenty weeks. Well, actually, it's better for them if he gets banned yeah. for 20, <laughs> twenty weeks. You're right. It's a win-win for Quinn. Yeah. For Quinn, if they, Quins, they'll, yeah. they'll if they get it reduced, they get him maybe yeah. uh, in a Premiership final. <laughs> and if it gets extended, brilliant. They might miss out. They might miss playing him. <laughs> Result. <laughs> what, what have they got to? Uh, genuinely, I'll, I'll admit this. I was working at the Leicester Queens game, and I, I had to. Th- I, I, and this is partly because I was just it's just in the back of my mind. As much as I try and ignore them, you can't help but know that there's these there's these people on Twitter just waiting to uh, to, to bite. So I had to think very carefully about how I phrased the Mike Brown question because I thought there's people that will just leap on me if I sound like I'm too sympathetic when I put a question to Quinns. Because what I wanted to get was just a sense of how Mike Brown and how he dealt with it on a human level. Mm. So as a result, my question was way longer than it normally would be because instead of going on, just on a human level, how's Mike Brown dealt with the last week? Which is actually, that's my question. And yeah. I try and be as short as I can generally, but mm. I, I had to preface it with, he got, su- he got, he, he got suspended, <laughs> stamp, he's really, no, I didn't do that. But, but effectively, yeah. So um, No one deserves a stud to the face. Yeah. It, it is Never, a, nevertheless. <laughs> it, it's an interesting finish because obviously this is not, the whole thing, the way it's panned out, is not how Mike Brown wanted his Quinn's career, his illustrious Quinn's career to end with them not offering him another deal, um, both through Gustard and after Gustard had left. We don't know that. They, I, I, it, there's talk that they offered him a deal that wasn't as good as Newcastle. I don't know the truth of this, but yeah. Anyway, oh, so, so, well, granted, that, that was certainly my interpretation of reading the article with him, the interview with him in, in the mail, that Gustard definitely didn't, and then it came across as if Quinn didn't. But it, it might be that Newcastle, Newcastle offered him X and Quinn's only offered him 
40% of X. Yeah, it's um, a commercial decision. I really don't have much time for the idea that he deserved a contract because he deserved a contract. It's not a no, lifetime achievement award. Not at all, but it, it's just interesting. That, that, yeah. It's an interesting question because it, it's obviously not how he planned to finish in this manner, as in before the um, ban. And then even once he'd come to terms with it and said, right, going to make the best of it because... Mike Brown, everything I know about him is incredibly competitive. Um, let's make the best of it. Let's push for top four and let's push to win the premiership. And then that gets taken away from him as well. So on a human oh, level, it's it is, it's it's pretty brutal, actually. No one deserves a stud to the face, though, Phil. Well, actually, do you, can you remember where we've seen this before? Studs to the face? No, Mike Brown. He's never, had a, red, he's never had a red card. So he never I had, thought he had, never had a red card. never had a red card. <clears throat> So until now, he's had this, lots of yellows. this incident, I remember when I was watching it again, um, just before the decision came out, I remembered where I saw it, saw it before. In 2015, England were playing Ireland and Conor Murray was at the bottom of a rook and Mike Brown, not looking where he was going, stood on Conor oh, Murray's yeah. face. And that was a total accident. He was that. walking backwards or something, wasn't he? Well, it was a, I, I think it was a similar situation. Um, I could only find quite a grainy video of that one. I think all in all, it's a pretty similar situation, but it's quite interesting that six years ago, he got off scot-free. This time, obviously, he's got well, 12-week ban reduced to six weeks. Well remembered, Phil. That's very good. good. Yeah, the two incidents are, I think, very similar. Mm. Uh, there was another incident. without We can go into actual specific games, but just on this one about how the margins are very narrow and things do change as we try and quote-unquote, wait for it, your JB's favourite phrase, change behaviour. Change behaviour, change behaviour. Well, that's it, right. What length of ban would it have taken for Mike Brown not to have stood on Tommy Taylor's face? Well, the RFU said in their appraisal they gave him a six-week ban, not longer, because it was unintentional, they claimed. So then no amount of ban is going to make him change that behaviour then, you know? Yeah, that that's maybe where it is... I mean, that is totally reckless. Um, you could argue... Well, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I sometimes struggle with that. Sometimes, not in, not in every case. And in this case, I can see it, I think. Um, but rugby is reckless in, by its very nature. Mate, it's, it's big men running yeah, as hard my, as they can my at neck, each other. My neck this morning is testament to this game <laughs> being absolutely reckless. I can hardly move it. So, yeah. Yeah, in, in that... In the using the, the the paraphrase world rugby definition of reckless, it's doing something knowing there is a risk to of consequences to your action, but going ahead and doing it anyway. Which is that, which is most things you do on a rugby field potentially. Uh, well, ev- everything you do, but you've got to kind of if you if you tackle below waist height, it's incredibly unlikely that you're going to hit yeah. someone in the head. Yeah, it's not impossible. I still but don't understand why Mike Brown gets reckless in that. Well, so he knew. Um, I, so I actually think I wouldn't want to prove it, but I think he knew where Tommy Taylor's head was. That, now, I'm not saying he deliberately stamped, but he certainly had enough information to know where Tommy Taylor's head was. I think they might have reduced it as much as they could, knowing the potential consequences, and thought, let's just let's let's say yeah. it. Well, let's say it was not intentional. Um, anyway, but the the one that I also noticed this week, it was in the the Leicester Quins game was the Ellis Genge yellow card, which I think is one of those situations wow. where it, it demonstrates how, and I love the way that Phil has always described this, and I've taken this on board totally, is Phil says, 
what's the coaching point? Because there are so many times when you get a yellow card or a red card and you can sit with a player on a Monday and go, the coaching point for this is do this or don't do this. Yes. I think he's going to get... Ellis Genge, I'm not sure the coaches could sit with him tomorrow and I say, the co- there's, your, there's your coaching point. It's just, well, just bad luck. I think the coaches have got to say, leave the ruck alone. That's the only, thing that, I, the only conclusion I can come to. Yeah, and that's that's where I don't like the way the ruck is officiated yeah. at times because if you're the, the um, defender and you've got that strong body position, particularly if you've got hand on the ball and hand on the man, so you're... Instead of being sixteen stone, you're thirty-two stone yeah. of dead weight. It's How's gonna... it's so difficult. Now yeah. I, I don't, I do not have a solution to that. But no, you, you're right on that. Because, because if he hadn't hit the ruck, it's actually, a penalty. Actually, they get a penalty turnover, and Ellis Genge in the video meeting tomorrow is like, "What? What were you doing standing yeah, watching that? You just yeah. let him steal yeah. the ball." Yeah, but and the other thing, well, I guess the coaching technique could be just flying from the side. Because because, <laughs> yeah. because then at least well, you don't you don't hit shot. the head, but you and you only give a penalty, not a yellow card. But yeah. then it, but then had he <laughs> had he had he come in from the side and popped? I can't remember. It was it was um, um, the flanker, the young flanker. Yeah, Ken, with a K. Ken, Kennington. Uh, Kennington. Jack, yeah. Ken, Jack Kennington, if he'd have, if he'd have popped Jack Kennington's rib by hitting him in at the side, everyone would have been up in arms, going, "That's reckless! It's out of order!" So <sighs> this is where I'm going. I'm not saying. I'm not moaning overly. I'm just saying there's times actually where, there, where as a coach or a rugby player, you've just got to go, well, yeah. so maybe that is an actual what can I do? realistic, a realistic way to look at the ruck, which is maybe we're going to have to be a little bit more lenient on side entrance. Because if you can't hit the head, which I think we've established now, heads beyond, you know, yeah. and specifically this one. Even accidental glancing yeah. with a full wrap. I couldn't see a way, Luke. I could see Luke Pierce trying to get out of his decision. Yeah. But yeah, he but had I nowhere, couldn't. He had yeah, I couldn't see how he's going to do it, and yeah. I admired him because he doesn't want to send this guy off. The, t- Every- the TMO kept yeah. saying, but basically, if you could paraphrase the conversation uh, and summarize it, it would be no, no, T- you- TMO going, no, 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 give me a yellow card. No, no, so you be Luke Pierce, okay, and I'll say what I think I'm hearing from TMO. It looks a bit like a rugby incident. There, I'm going got- to report you. <laughs> I think it's I'm going to report you. <laughs> You're going to miss the Heineken Cup final. I Luke. will be reporting you. <laughs> yeah, the referee was getting refereed, from yeah. what I could see. Yeah, uh, and you know that that sort of clear out. Anyone who plays club rugby, that is, I mean, that's just just what happens. But you can't get away from that. Yeah, unless we change the laws to allow some sort of side entry, I guess, or you totally ban the um, either the latching onto a player. As in, so you cannot, you can only go for the ball, you can't latch on, yeah. which I, w- I would be very keen to apply that. So when you say latch on, just for our listeners, what you're saying is the ball is, is, is am I squeezing the ball? Is this ball underneath so, my chest? No, not even then. So you're, I'm, I'm the jackler. Yeah. You have been tackled. Yeah. You're lying on your side and you're trying to present the ball. Yeah. And me as the um, jackler, I'm going one hand to the ball and my other hand is hooked under your arm, your body, to make sure your leg. Can't get your knees your, your knees are on his back. Yeah. yeah, so so that when I get hit when the jackler gets hit, that um it is thirty two stone of dead weight instead of sixteen stone of dead weight. Yeah. Using a kind of generic back row forward, premiership back row forward in Jack Kenningham. Um there's that. The other one which would be very difficult to referee, but it's actually I think it's in the law book. Is the shoulders below hips? Yeah, that you're not allowed according to the laws to have your shoulders below your hips. That never, I have never. I, 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 I if they started officiating that, yeah, just, the just, world just, go, just pi- go pi- mad. Picture in your head, 
Right, if I'm just going to say, Tom Curry, Jacqueline the ball, picture in your head, what is it? Yeah. Back. Hinging at the hips, head, yeah. head, head basically on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Head head um, level with the ball, yeah. basically. Arms tucked, so yeah. strong body position. And then using the kind of posterior chain, glutes, hamstrings to pull He's himself. Got a wonderful posterior yeah. chain oh. as well, hasn't he? I'll say those, these extra to, boys as well are so yeah. good. At- I have to go back to this one clip. Do you remember... I think it's BT Sport. <laughs> the training that yeah, the, the, the curry boys did. Yeah, it's Steve Diamond holding these two like elastic bands, these two curry lads on like their, their yeah, super bowl. There's about half a dozen different sail players with <laughs> with elastic bands or ropes or something. Like, you know, in the, the movie Gladiator when they get the animals out and you've got all these yeah, guys yeah, exactly, around Yeah, exactly, like chains and like spiky collars on, on, on the curries. Like, how do you warm up? Well, we put them in these cages and we poke them with cattle prods and they get these little chains. <laughs> That's a great clip. I wish BT Sport would get that on to a like a YouTube video so we could all watch it. <laughs> oh, should we talk about this game for a minute then? Other than the, the incident, yeah, yeah, this, absolutely. This, this was a this first half from Leicester was a brilliant performance. It was outstanding. Did we all call this the right way? Yeah, because I said I'm sure I would have said that Leicester would have won this. Look, looking back at it, we, we all said Leicester would win. Yeah. There's someone, one of our listeners, is keeping tally on our predictions, so yes. they'll let us know. Get in for the tech lab I, cup. Yeah. This made too much sense to me. Um, Quins are a team based on constant selections, very, very good. Quins also look like a team that believed what people are writing about them too, which is quite worrying. And just Leicester were, are gradually improving. When I saw them against Sale, I thought, yeah, they could have won that game if the Moomoo Moo Valu try counted. They're a good team. Yeah, and I can't believe Quins. Could have won that game again. I, well, if yeah. you'd have said at half time, yeah, Quinns are going to do it, potentially do it again, I'd have gone, nah, not this time. Yeah, yeah. not this time. Leicester are too big, too strong. They've got too many powerful runners that they can bring into the game. Yeah. Yeah, I thought no chance. But yeah. you, you did see, so the first half performance was brilliant from Leicester, particularly because they had two men in the bin. They had 10, 12 minutes. Where 3 0 in that period. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 although. They, they the scored the seven yeah, points but yeah, after, the, after the penalty, penalty try. try. Yes, um, yeah, and that's that's it's so Leicester. And I've said this for a few years um, that teams who are really well organised, losing a man is not the end of the world to them because their systems stand up and actually they they vary their systems to a degree to suit being forty men or thirty men. I mean, when uh, it was Genge who got the second yellow card, it was Dan Cole first, Genge second, wasn't it? When Genge went off, do you know who they, who they took off the field? Charlie, was it was it a hooker? Nadolo. No, 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 yeah, which was really interesting. But I think that's a conditioning thing because he's not been back because he, he got subbed off later in the game. I think it's, yeah. he's not had that many games back. But it also made sense in terms of Nadolo. So in that back line, you've got Ford who bosses everything and you've got Nadolo who just draws in defenders wherever he is the whole of the rest of that back line is brilliantly solid but nothing special at all and so when they went down to 13 men you wanted the solidity you didn't want the the flashy so you didn't need them to draw in players because even if Nadolo draws in two or three players there's still not an overlap it's not getting, it's, in that 10 minutes he's not getting outside George Ford yeah, he's, he's exactly he's sticking boot so it made ball. it made perfect sense and their systems their processes held up and that's a testament to Leicester it will also obviously be incredibly frustrating for Quinns that they couldn't break that down yeah when their full complement Leicester down to 13 men I, I, I love what, what Leicester are doing you watch them play 
and you can tell even as someone as um, unknowledgeable as me at coaching can tell what they're doing is basically what almost every team in club rugby can do because well it's simple it's stuff that relies on very little skill uh, and it can be coached to the majority and I think that's that's the key here he he been Borthwick can coach what he's doing to almost all of his players to make sure they all know exactly what they're doing and they're easy wins. It's like they're always going for the six plus one line out. They're, they're having the hooker pass from scrum half at line outs. Well, why are they doing that? Because they're using a mall to draw in players. They're using, you know, they're, they're collapsing um, their defensive line uh, pretty well. How, 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 how can I say this? They're collapsing out, out to win defensively. They're using all of these tiny little cheats, which you can actually use. If you're a, a coach doing like level eight upwards, you can watch Leicester and go, I can take that, I can take that, I can take that, I can take that. Uh, latches. But, but you can't take goes. anything from George Ford. Yeah, you, yes. you, you, you can't take George Ford. You can't take, uh, so unless you've got someone like Nandolo, you can't uh, just have a, a magnet to draw defenders. And then when there are the holes that open up as a result of the threat of the mall, the threat of Nandolo, then having George Ford. Yeah. Absolute class. And this George was, this was billed as Ford v Smith. Yeah. And, Smith had a bad day at the office. He's an outstanding player, but uh, and he still had some great moments, and they still could have won the game. But Ford was class. He is brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, he's bloody brilliant. He's superb. I mean, even that. Look, do you know the first try that he scored with yeah, um, Matt Scott? Matt Scott. That was so simple. That was like yeah. an overs underline, and just Ford picks the pass. He's yeah, and that that's what they do. They've got all of these players playing systems and processes. It's dead simple. Uh, it's dead effective. Literally, literally, level eight teams can do it. I've seen it. And then you add George Ford for the Stardust. And as they get better, and as they sign more players, they're just going to improve and improve and improve. Next year, Leicester Tigers, I guarantee, will be top four. Mm, put it on the whiteboard. Put it on the whiteboard. Where is it? Oh, it's covered by a minute. Right, we're gonna, that's being <laughs> written on the whiteboard. Yeah. I, I think I, I think they've got a very good shout next and year. And look, look at the signings that they're making. I mean, I, well, I hear that they're making. They'll be making mm. another back row signing who's going to be very good. They've got a fairly handy back row already. Even better. Mm. And then, if I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll 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 we'll, we'll chat. We'll try it off. Uh, okay, offline. okay. Um, well, you flip it to Quinns. They obviously miss Mike Brown for stability. Tyrone Green is very good going forward, but positionally got caught out a couple of times. But the guy they miss is Esther Hazen because yeah. he's just Big time. He he allows you. He's so, he's so key going forward to get on the front foot in the, the way back Nando, line. In the way Nandolo is. Yeah. Just he's the, his sheer defenders. presence. But his, back line, his defense in the back line is so important because it allows you to have um, Marcus Smith and March and the electric guys either side of, of him. And without him there, neither of those look as, as potent. And indeed, they had to kind of change the, the whole structure of the team. You had Lang and Northmore in the centre with March and pushed, pushed the wing, which is... It's a totally different proposition. There was one really cool thing I saw uh, Marcus Smith doing in well before the game when they first got there, when they all come out in their headphones and stuff and they all just have a walk out on the pitch while they're in their trainers. It's clearly like a sports psychology thing. And he walked around methodically around every little point on the pitch, just meandered his way around. And he, he held the ball and he just he went through the motion of kicking to touch. Really? Uh, From every spot on the pitch, except actually not kicking. He just did the set... Walk up, and then at the moment he'd kick, he stopped, walked to the next spot, and it was all like visualisation yeah, stuff. It's I wonder cool. how much of that is the visualisation, but also looking at, right, I know my range from this point. There is, whatever it is, the Holloman and Barrett's um, hoarding there. There's a yellow 
Pies all of that stuff. There. Yeah. yeah. Did I talk about kicking coaches the, the, the other day? How, they, how they're useless and they're pointless. No, no, no. I, I never said that. I, know, I never said that. Right? <laughs> but this sounds to me. Are you sure that's what you said? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> this almost sounds to me like he needs a kicking like a kicking caddy. Like that's a sort of like. And this is not a joke. I was talking to a, a fairly well-known DOR. Di- di- I won't say which one because this is his idea, right? And he was saying like, there should be a coach involved with every age with every agency. So that they can monitor and track the development of the players, because ultimately the players are the commodity of the agents, mm-hmm. and they need to be able to be tracked so they can make better deals. On the kicking coach, the problem I had with, say, George Ford working with Neil Jenkins is because, well, that's not his coach, is it? But if you are Marcus Smith and you're showing up to a field and you're looking around and, like you say, they're measuring distances and whatnot, well, what does a caddy do? It knows he knows exactly what your distance is, where you should kick, what type of kick. You, what. I I don't think you can tell Marcus Smith though that sort of stuff. He knows, doesn't he? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like Dan Bigger says, uh, that Dan Bigger says that Neil Jenkins has been crucial for his career. And who am I to argue with that? Oh no, I'm not saying kicking coaches aren't useful. I mean, someone going, no, you should aim for that spot there. I think Marcus Smith's going to go, all right, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just measure it out with a little wheel because I guess yeah. I guess all pitches are slightly different lengths. So he knows exactly how far he can kick it. Uh, ben Smart has left us a message on the on the live chat and says he watched the FA Cup final oh. yesterday. He said, I can't fathom how football is more popular than rugby. 80 minutes. <laughs> Very boring football with awful comms. At least on BT Sport, they have good banter during bad games. So um, this is where I come down on, on it. The, the simplicity of football is what rugby is missing. No, that absolute pure simplicity. You could you could not know anything about that game, and you could you could watch a game of football, your first ever game of football, and within a few minutes you'd go, okay, I, I get where I'm at with this. Yeah, I guess so. It doesn't appeal to me personally. No, no, no. no. But there oh, again, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. do you know what does appeal to me about football? Is like the business side of football, and actually the sports science side of football is every bit as interesting as rugby, but the game is not as interesting. So it does, you know, it does tick some boxes. Yeah, but in terms of the simplicity. Rugby and football you, are, are pulls apart. Do you not think people like football because they get carried away with the crowd? I mean, I saw the Rangers celebrations this, this weekend and I couldn't care less who plays in Scotland. It's, I, it's, it's I, Scotland country. <laughs> anyway. Are they, uh, is, is it a, is it a county? I used to be the match announcer at uh, Man City and I can tell you that there are a lot of people that go to football matches who pay no attention to the football at all? I know they don't because I, I've been. To, I've been. To, <laughs> they I've just been to swear at the people. Yeah. They are yeah. facing the, the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. They're facing the wrong way. Like they all. It, it never ceases to amaze me if I go to a football match and I, I always make a point of it to look into the corner where the travelling supporters who have they, they must pay thousands a of pounds a year for because most of them go to most away games for travel accommodation if if they do it and just tickets. And they spent half the game, probably more than half the game, like two fingers up at the yeah. opposing <laughs> fans. Well, I think that's what it. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm very, very careful before I kind of cast aspersions on, 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 on football fans. Because I just think it's different, isn't it? It's just like, that's what they want. They no, want no, to be part of a family it's, and it's a, like a, a crowd and a gang. Yeah, and exactly. What, that's yeah, part, yeah, that's part gang, of it. It's like people, people the, go to the theatre and it's, it's kind of like the... I'd rather go, I'd rather go to a full match than the bloody theatre. Well, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> I know, but like part of the... Go- yeah. For a lot of people, part of the going to the theatre will, the will be a meal beforehand or it will be the ice cream at the interval or whatever. It's the, for football, it's like, yeah, you know, the football's part people, of it, but actually it's the beers. People, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, beers on the coach. Beers on the coach. It's... Um, 
cause it, you know, throw in bricks at the away team. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of I'm joking. Joke, joke, joke. joke. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah in, invading the, the pitch. There definitely is something well, about this, this. Actually, one of the sad things about football is there is no pitch invading, invasions now. Not anymore. Which is a real shame. There should definitely be pitch invasions. More, more pitch invasions. Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't, I don't think they did any harm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there were awesome times when they did harm. There probably were like, a few years. Yeah, but like, think about the optics back in the day of like players being carried off by fans. And now it's so sterile because the fans are so distantly, distantly removed from the players that you just don't see that anymore. It's one like, of my er- yeah, one of my earliest rugby memories was I think England won the Grand Slam in 1991. Yeah, and it was the Will Car- it was all it was the Will Carling and all the players being carried off on shoulders. Amazing, yeah, amazing. it is amazing. Now, yeah. I don't think rugby needs to do so. I'm not saying pitch invade. Do not pitch invade. <laughs> well, right, but I don't think we need to do it anyway because actually our access to the players is amazing. Yeah. Like you know, you can go to sale and you will see all the players up in corporate and they'll come into the crowd and they'll do all like all that stuff anyway. In football, I'll give you an example. And again, it's not a not. I'm not trying to disrespect football in any way but this is the difference between how remote the players are when Chris Ashton was, was at sale we in, I, I interviewed him on the stage in the marquee thing and then we walked back and it, I, I got fed up in the end because Chris Ashton just had to sign pictures and te- have selfies and whatnot. can you imagine I, just Luke Shaw or someone going outside of United onto a onto like a stage and then walking back into the stadium like he would never get there <laughs> it, couldn't, it couldn't be done couldn't be done yeah, that is that is the difference, isn't it? In terms of the the fans, the fame, the celebrity, the scale of it, the passion. To be fair, as well, yeah, the whole thing is totally different. And and back to the the first point, there is something in the simplicity of football. Whether it's and certainly, I prefer rugby as a game, both, oh, yeah. both playing and watching. But oh, there God, is something yeah. um, in. If we had a ball now, we could have a game of Wembley or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. A game of, you, you can play, you can play football. Yeah. yeah, the three of us, what can we do? Um, we can't even lift in a line now. We, could, we, can't, <laughs> we can't practice scrummaging. We could do a little yeah. handling drill. That's about it. You need numbers for, numbers yeah. for rugby. Yeah, whereas football, any, anywhere, jumpers for goalposts and all that, you can have a game. But on that point, on simplicity, this is why so many times we... Talk about the the law of unintended consequences when people tr- when you try and clear up one thing with rugby you can end up making various other things yeah much more complicated. Did either of you see um, there was a Ross Tucker video about a month ago? It was a presentation that he did to World Rugby, talking about um, well effectively law variations to try and um, improve the game, make it safer, and, and other things, and making that exact point, saying that if we have a law change it can do three things so if you want to say reduce concussion you make a law change it can have a positive effect it can have a negative effect i.e in, um, reduce concussions would be the positive effect um increase concussions would be the negative effect or neutral it can have no effect on that one thing but equally it can have another consequence so for example it could if you reduce the tackle height, it could have more people blowing out their knees. Yeah. So you have a positive, negative, or neutral on the the adjacent scenarios as well. Now, he wasn't trying to solve the problem in that, but he was just setting out the problems of trying to solve the problem. Jerry makes a great point on law changes, a phenomenal point, and I'll back him to the hill here. Stephen Jones makes a great point on this. He says, 
that there are people in the game who are trying to change the game in order to make it fit a certain profile. So uh, there are certain things which people think are good. So fast rugby, offloading rugby, attacking rugby. And his point is, no, no, you don't change the laws to get those things. If the teams come up with it, fine, but that shouldn't be seen as superior to slow rugby or physical rugby or any of the others. And I completely 100% Yeah, I can get on board with that. The the one thing I want to change and I would have all my law variations pointing towards would be more rugby. As in ball in playtime. Whatever speed that is, doesn't really matter. I just want more ball in playtime. Yeah. Yeah. I, and yeah, what I, that, that is a great point, actually, because more ball in playtime, you can do what you want with it. Yep. If you want to drive and pick, pick more and go, that, from, pick and go. Yeah, yeah, from 22 yeah. to 22, you can do that. If you want to run it all the time, you can do that. And actually, to the point um, we were making a few weeks ago, to be a successful rugby team, you've got to be able to do both. You've got to be able to, you've got to have everything in your armory, otherwise you will get beaten at one of those things. Um, we just finish off on Quinns. Yes. Because, of course, we were talking uh, about Quinns. No, we're not. Uh, just go back to Quinns. Do we think they're going to make top four? You were pretty confident last week they're definitely going to make top four. Uh, yeah, and I think, uh, I think those, I, I, know New, I know Northampton have got a easier run in. They do. I think the fact Quinns got two points and somehow almost managed to get five again. They almost did it again, but those two points could be crucial. So they're what they're eleven points clear with Northampton having four, four games, games to go. So yeah, yeah. basically Quinns Quinns need to win two. Quinns possibly only have to win one oh, of their of their points, final yeah. three games. Yeah. So I think they'll lose against Bath, and they'll lose against Sale. Lose my lose, which means that they've got one against is it Newcastle, which uh, they could win. Right, I think they're up against it here. I re- I think they're really up against it. I think they'll be okay, unless and then Northampton have got Newca- Newcastle tomorrow, and I can't remember the other three. But if they can str- if they can get three out of three out of four, and Quinns can, can't get North- Northampton also have Exeter. Yeah, so that's choose. one that they'll lose. Yeah, so they lose that and they win. Yeah, that, that means so they, that means that's tomorrow. fifteen points, which means Quinns can basically win one more game and qualify. Is that? Yeah. Oh, it's a cat. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. So I think they're up against it. But <clears throat> I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, the, the, I two think, po- the two <clears throat> points yesterday was crucial. Had had Northampton not fluffed their lines against Gloucester, yeah, um, last week. Amazing that! What an w- amazing loss! It would be a lot more interesting. But now I th- I think it'll be absolutely fine. Getting a lot of attention here. Yeah, you are. Quinn's away to Bristol, which was a, an awesome game uh, about a month or so ago, wasn't it? Which one, sorry? At Ashton Gate. Oh, Quinn's Bristol. Yeah, that was an oh, awesome they lost, game. They lost the last... The last yeah. second. Yeah. yeah. That was an awesome I game. That was a quality... Because like, that was two tries in the last five minutes, maybe, from yeah. Bristol. I do feel sorry for Quinn's, but it is, like... It's sort of proving to me what I thought I knew about rugby, which is you need your squad to be winning league games and you need your best people to be winning the playoff games. Mm-hmm. And the reason you need that is because if you've got your best lads playing week in, week out like Quinns did and they go down one at a time, Will Evans, Esther Hayes and Mike Brown, whoever else the next guy is, when you get to the playoffs, you don't have those people involved. It's like extra Chiefs. They do not need to use uh, Stuart Hogg to beat Worcester. just doesn't need to happen. <laughs> But they do need him to beat Leinster. They do need him in uh, in the playoffs. And the Quins have, have got so far, 
be not through luck, through playing very, very well, but also because they have had consistency of selection. And once these guys start going down, it's going to be... I mean, if they get to the playoffs... Well, when they get to the playoffs, yeah. it looks like... I, th- I think they very will. Difficult. they will. I think they will get to the playoffs, but they will get one game, and that is it. Right, let's... Uh, in, in, let's <laughs> yeah, get rid of that cat. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, l- let's talk about um, England this summer, then. We've already touched on the, the Saxons and the what it's going to be called, but there will be some new faces in terms of players. There will also be, at some point in the not-too-distant future, some new faces in terms of coaches in the England yeah. setup. Jason Riles has decided to stay in Australia. Simon Amor, Amor has uh, left his role as skills coach. So, on Jason Riles, I understand, rumour, he's off to replace somebody in NRL. Which is where he's come from. Yeah. Isn't where he's it? come from, yeah. And yeah. it's, uh, and, it's Fair a, enough. and it's a very, very large job. But I won't say any more than that. Fair enough. Yeah, you c- you can understand that totally. Yeah. Um, on Simon Amor, <laughs> I mean, someone had to fall on their sword, right? That was a that was a big gig for him. With like, it was a big. Felt- well, no, he was attack coach, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 That, that's a it's huge. That's a massive gig relative to his experience. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I think we'll look back at that and think, what an odd decision. What a weird appointment. Mm, I, to be honest, I think we might not look back at it that, that frequently. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I would. I think I would like, what were England doing at this point? Now, the theory... It doesn't really matter. It, like, what's what happens in 2023? If England do well in the World Cup, who's going to go, yeah, well, yeah. well, let's talk about let's that appointment. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, maybe not. won't matter. So the theory is, Eddie likes just to rotate his coaches for a couple of reasons. One is... He, he bur- works them bloody hard. He burns hard. them out. He burns them out, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's on, you know, he's 86th coach now. But also he wants it fresh every time the lads come into camp. Maybe that's a, maybe, maybe that's a good mm. idea. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. We will see. But, it, you know, I, this is described as Eddie's last roll of the dice. I don't believe it is actually oh. at all. Because he, sits, he has a pretty consistent record of turning over his coaches. It looks like business as usual to me. yeah. He, he, and he never really has a massive problem attracting new coaches who wouldn't want to work for, well, with one of the most talented groups and also one of the best paying yeah. unions on the planet. I'd do it. Like, yeah. I'd do it. I'd, I don't. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think it's a major problem. Yeah. Uh, Riles is disappointing because I was actually quite, having I read about him when he first that. got um, announced, I was looking forward to it. Yeah. So he is, 
What's his background? He's an NRL, isn't he? He's very highly, high, high, he very a, highly regarded. He was a prop, wasn't he? But he's moved away from NRL to get other experience, and now he's going back into now NRL. He's going back. He's, well, which is kind of exactly what the England roles have been used for in the past. Now we've never actually seen him coach in England because he's, I don't think he's ever shown up to. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't travel because of COVID. COVID yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real shame that I, I do think he'd have I mean, been useful. And the, the way Australia has been the last year, I, I'd be understand. I'd understand it if you go look. If I if I go and take this job in England, I might not see you for two years. Yeah, to his family. So, like, even on, no, I'm not even joking. No. There, there are people that I I know. In fact, my sister um, is a, is a nurse in London, and she's working with someone who was meant to be here for a year, on a like year visa working over here from Australia and they haven't been able to get back since 2019 mm. to, or to, to well, March last year they've been trying to get home but they haven't been allowed to go back to Australia so maybe, maybe stuff like that played into it who knows but anyway that'll happen but in terms of players what faces do you want to see because as Phil rightly pointed out earlier what get off your bloody phone during the podcast I'm, I'm, Jay. Re- I'm reading the messages oh okay cool <laughs> um, as Phil rightly pointed out earlier there's way more space than normal because 11 England players are away with, away with the Lions meaning the Eddie Jones's summer squad's going to be swelled with new faces and you've got the England A mm, that's squad a great well. question so the obvious ones are you know Marcus Smith yeah, and I, and I think we would have seen... I said this at the end of the Six Nations when I heard Eddie Jones kind of close an interview. I think we would have seen Marcus Smith regardless. Yeah. It, certainly in the squad. Um, now I, I think he will get game time. Oh, 100%. It, it's, it's interesting to see how much pressure that is putting on for a positive for George Ford, who is playing some really good rugby. Uh, do you know... I was going to say I feel sorry for George Ford, but I don't actually because I think he's only missed two of Eddie Jones's games in he's, his entire career. Yeah, he's so. played, played pretty much everything. He's, he's, he's Eddie Jones' most used player. Yeah, so yeah, he's I occasionally don't dropped to the bench. But but I, but the thing about him is he's he probably will not get recognised as the player a player as good as he is. I, I agree with that. I think because he doesn't because he doesn't kick for it when Owen Farrell is on the field, um, and because obviously Owen Farrell's captain. Yeah, and I don't know. Just other players, even though he makes the team tick so much, other players t- seem to get more of the plaudits, more of the good. And there's so many passes. It's not just for England. I think it's it's elsewhere. There's so many passes that George Ford throws that were it well, Sippers being the ob- obvious one. It would have been everywhere for yeah. some reason. George Ford is just not seen like, as our weird, isn't it? I think I think it's northern. It's uh, it's because he's from north. People hate, hate him as far as I reckon they don't like northerners. It's so, a disgrace. He doesn't quite have the controlling game of Owen Farrell, and he doesn't quite have the attack game of Sippers. He's a sort of mix, mix of the two, and that's why I don't think he kind of gets exactly what he deserves. He, he, he can do everything. The, the only the only weakness. In his game, it's probably not even fair that his weakness is his defence, but not even he makes tackles. His tackle um, rates are actually very good. Yeah, but he makes soft tackles, negative concedes yards. Johnny Gray tackles, tackles. soak up um, tackles. I, I, w- I wouldn't describe them as that, but no. Yeah, he soaks up. Yeah. Well, um, let's put it way. I don't think I'll be talking smack about any professionals or ex-professional players. <laughs> Until after September, you, c- you can't help yourself, JV. I can't, I, yeah, so, I can't help it. Other, other names and faces uh, like Ollie Hassel Collins on the wing. Yep. I'd like to see Thomas. load loader as well. Just get well, Ollie okay. Thorley now he's fit again. He's on the bench for Gloucester this week. Oh, just, oh, he's so good injury. a couple of years yeah, ago. Let's just, injuries. let's just think about this. Okay, 
are we thinking about new players for England or new players or players you want to see for England Saxons? And what? How do you categorise these two? So, is England Saxons for the younger players, or is England Saxons for the second rate players who won't get into England now? And then the England spaces are open for the future England players. So it, it depends how they want to run it. For I, I would just pick. I would pick two teams to win. Yep. Obviously, Lions yep. are gone. England, the main England, get first choice of the next 28 guys or however many it's going to be. Saxons get all the rest. Yeah, and I, I saw an article, it might have been in the rugby paper or somewhere, about how the Saxons, or the England A, sorry, should be used as under-25s only. And I just, no, that's, that's, in my humble opinion, bollocks. By its very nature, you will get young players more so yeah. being used in that side, but I would just pick the next cabs off the rank because I think that's the point of that team. Which sorry, I, I know you just told me which, like which team? So England A. Oh right, yes, I completely agree with that. Yeah, completely. so then do England develop people like Finn Smith at Worcester and Rafi Quirk at Sale? Quirk, Quirk. Um, Quirk, if, Quirk, if, they're if, if, they're, if they're the next cabs off the rank, yes. I, th- I think Rafi Quirk goes straight through to... Yeah, uh, well, I think he might well go into yeah. the, the to, to day, but, but Finn, Finn Smith, no, because he's got Jacob Umanga, Joe Simmons, Orlando Mark, Marcus Smith all ahead of him. Charlie Atkinson. Charlie Atkinson possibly I mean, he's got as Billy well. Billy Searle ahead of him. At, Billy Searle probably ahead of him. Worcester. Yeah, so no. So not so not Finn Smith. So this this is my point. I I, I don't I, I don't I don't that? just want to see people in there because they're eighteen and might be great in five years time. No, pick the pick the next best players. Right. So we that's are, my opinion. So so, for instance, would you like a midfield for England this year of someone like Mark Atkinson and that that that, that kind of player? I, I'd be happy for Mark Atkinson. Like Mark to be Atkinson involved, yeah. and Sam James. That'd be ace. So uh, Joe, just, Joe, Joe Marchant. Joe Marchant, Joe Marchant, well, Henry Slade. Henry um, Slade. Ollie yeah. Lawrence. Of course. Slade De- Lawrence. Devoto, I'd like to see. Devoto, get, yeah, he's been playing really well. Again. Um, if, yeah, if, just if, some, some James and, and Luke James, I think, could get a call up to one of those two, two teams. You know, the thing which puts me off this is COVID. Because as a player, I can't think, as, you know, imagine being a 23-year-old making some good screw from a rugby contract with the, with the club and then going on holiday effectively to where they're going? They're not, they're not going anywhere. Canada and oh, USA Canada, are coming Canada. here. Ugh. So it used to be the case like you'd go on, go to the Churchill Cup. That sounded like an absolute belting holiday. I, I, I would have loved to have gone, done our, well, taken our podcast over there. Churchill Cup would be yeah. unbelievable. And now with COVID, I mean, yeah, they get paid and whatnot, but do you, do you want to, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to wear a rose on your chest and, and play for England's second team? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, maybe. And yes. then the Saxons, yeah, okay. The great thing about Saxons is it's amateur rugby for professionals. This, this is what this is what these guys would look like if they came down your club. You can get a real, <laughs> real good view of them. So I, I know this is a, at odds with a lot of people. There are quite a lot of people that want to see loads of real young players. And if these players are really good and happen to be very young as well, fine, get them in. But I want, I, I like, and actually to be fair to him, that's whether you agree with the selections or not, this is what Eddie Jones has always done. He's paid very little attention to age, except for the academy places, but then they always have the little asterisks next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, apprentice players. Oh, and also the dual qualified ones who we can't really work out why they're there. But, well, uh, but, but we've been through innocent. this so many times. It's innocent. It's innocent. We've been through this so many times because <laughs> if, Eddie jo- if Eddie Jones was picking them because they're dual qualified, he would have... Don't cap- think he was. He, he would have capped them. And he didn't cap Cam Redpath or Paolo Adogwu. Or Paolo Dogro, Gary Graham. Maybe he gets a cap. Yeah, he should. Maybe, Maybe Paolo he gets a little Italian and cap. 
Yeah, maybe it's a, I, yeah. I, actually, I actually do hope he goes and has uh, eight, 80 caps for Italy now. <laughs> yeah, same. I would love him to be a Lion first, though. If I could just get... There's some way he could get on the Lions tour and then play for Italy. That would be the best trivia question on earth. Here's a question, then. Oh, so yes, just, just looking at the... Um, obviously, the Lions squad and knowing who else is is missing. So, Mario Toji, uh, uh-huh. Johnny Hill, uh-huh. Courtney Laws, all yep. with the Lions. Launchbury, um, missing. Hurt. Yeah, his knee's gone. Uh, Chris out in Japan. Japan. Um, he's going to play second row. Mm. Charlie Ewells. Charlie Ewells will. <laughs> McNally. It's a good question, that. Hmm. Rib- ribbons. Ribbons. Yeah, ribbons. ribbons. Dave Ribbons. Bird. There you go. Yeah. Done. Who? Ewells, Ribbons. No, sorry. Bird. Moon. Alex Moon. Moon. Alex Moon. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of lads at Exeter as well, isn't there? It's Salmon one. Summoned? Mm, hasn't really played this year that much. I'm trying to think of like some other boys who are like per- peripheral because that's what that's what we're going with. This it's good, it's good, good point. Uh, Harry, Harry Wells, perhaps. Yeah, George He's Martin. Got... George Martin. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm six. I, six I see second more row. six as a second yeah, row. He could play second row. I, I think George Martin long term will play second, second row, row. Yeah, when so. he fills he, out. Well, he's he's 19. He's six six and nearly 19 stone. When he fills so up, he, he doesn't seem that he, big. He no, doesn't, he doesn't. I, I, I've stood next to him yeah. and he doesn't seem he's, that big. That's what he's listening to. I'm sure he could, he could pulverize me. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, Phillips from uh, from Bath. Surely he deserves a call. Sean, Sean Robinson's had a good season. Newcastle. Newcastle. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's a good one, actually. That'll be one to watch, second row. Yeah, second row, particularly like. As you get into the Saxons, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be Isn't some under- Beaumont will, will uh, play. Oh, Beaumont, uh, Matt Postlethwaite, definitely well, friend, friend of the pod, Ed Slater. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, McGarvey, McGarvey's in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think the Bath pair are a good show. They, they they definitely seem like lads that are going to be yeah. England or or England when the Lions are away. Yules will be. Would, it would surprise me if Yules captains captains the thing. Possibly, yeah. Awesome. Get old, get old Ed Joyce in there, innit? Get in there. <laughs> yes. Oh, Joycey. Yeah. Darren Barry, get in from Vans. <laughs> get in, boy. Um, I think Ford might captain it. Oh, yeah. I think Ford's, because uh, he's he's such an Eddie Jones type of player. As you said before, most used player, but he's such a he's such a rugby fan, rugby knows type of rugby player that I can just see him. And I'd, I'd, I'd be very happy for George Ford to captain it. And when, when you see the... Any of the stuff with the England players, England camp up close, Ford and Farrell are the two voices who are leading everything. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, I, I can, I can definitely see Ford coming in this. Actually, of, um, are you on Clubhouse? Yes, I am. Why? Yeah, no, I was just, I've, I was just fiddling around. I had a bit of time and I'm fiddling around with it earlier. Does anyone talk about rugby on there? Yes, there. Oh my god. Um, Yes, the answer is. I, I should have just brought this up over a cup of tea earlier rather than now. It just popped in my, I just had a little notification pop up. Yeah, there's a little clubhouse thing. I don't even know what it. I, if I talk about clubhouse, I'm going to sound so stupid. I don't know what happens. Something happens on Friday night and people talk <laughs> before the games. I'm looking like totally blank. Yeah. That, you, uh, so it's a, it's a new kind of. You basically just have. You, like you, you podcast, listen in and you, can, and you can contribute as well to just conversations with strangers. Through an app online, yeah. So audio, Matt, audio yeah. conversation. Audio. Oh. So if you follow Matt Hardy, he's a journalist on Twitter. Good journalist, good guy. 
uh, and he does a clubhouse on Friday nights before all the stuff kicks off. A clubhouse, clubhouse. I don't know what it is, mate. I don't know, but it's like well, that. maybe we should start a rugby one. Is he? Is he? No, is he, he, is he, he UK based? Yeah, UK based. Good guy. Does rugby? Uh, yeah, I was, I was thinking of joining that on. I did listen to him on on, on Friday. Good knowledge. Good knowledgeable stuff. Should, should we? Should we just say to our to listeners then? What, me and you will. Drop in on whatever that on Friday night. And I think so. Yeah. I'll just drop on my I don't know. I, I, the answer is I don't know. But we could be there. I mean, if we can. All right, fine. We can do I don't know. Sorry, I shouldn't. I'm, yeah. I'm normally more disciplined than that. And I just, yeah. I suddenly started speaking the thing that was on the front of like, my brain. What am I doing on Friday night just before the rugby kicks off? Well, I'm thinking about rugby. So I may as well tell you what I'm thinking. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, talking of things that happened on Friday night. Bath sale. Yes. What a game. What a game. Tim, I'll let you lead uh, uh, off on this one. Very good. Uh, I really enjoyed the game. I thought that two good sides played a great get, played an excellent game of rugby. Uh, what I really liked with Sale is that they've just dialed up the offloads a bit more. You could they, they've clearly they've clearly done that deliberately. It was noticeable. I mean that those Dupree Twins have always been really good at it. Well, <laughs> well no, they've, they've done it a lot. No, are they good at it? No, they are. They are. Are they good at it? No, they are. Yeah, they are. They're very good at offloads. <laughs> they've just. It feels like Alex Anderson just cranked the offloads up a little bit, and that's where Sale were getting some fruitful uh, attack play through. And I think with it drying up a little bit, and we're moving into well into May now. I know the weather doesn't feel like it, but. I think that's a really good move. And if they can keep that going along with the brutality that they've got, they're going to be a challenge. They're going to be a real test. <clears throat> I don't know. The answer is I do not know. Uh, first of all, camera paths try. How was that not a forward pass? I will never get <laughs> over that. In my, it, let, let the boys play. Wasn't even questioned. Not even like it never, got, questioned. never got mentioned. No I, one, no one mentioned I, it. Because no one mentioned it. I was like, I'm going mad. There's, well, no. <laughs> Well, if the comms haven't mentioned it, I'm not mentioning it. But it was the the um, lines cut into the pitch. It started at, on one line. The pass start it was made at the start of one line, and then the next line, four or five meters down the track, was where it was caught. Yeah, which, which doesn't, which could be physics. Well, which <laughs> could be could be physics and momentum. However, they weren't travelling fast enough, and the gap, the space between the players, wasn't large enough and, for well, that to have been a factor. And also, the, <laughs> yeah. the player who passed the ball stopped close to the first line yeah. and the ball finished close to the second line. I just think we shouldn't talk about it. The, the, at, the the time, yeah, at the time they didn't want to talk about it, let's not talk about it now because... But, but then the, the uh, visa try um, right at the end of the first half got every single section of that try got interrogated including yes. the... Yes. And that was... I it wasn't think, the visa try, it was a Hammersley try. Oh, sorry, it was the Hammersley, yeah, yeah, it was the visa, visa sorry, the visa offload. But yeah, I Hammersley. do think you're right, and this should change in rugby, that if you remember it as a visa try because of the thing that he did, it should stand as a visa try, visa not try. as yeah. the um, as Hammersley. Hammersley. Hammersley almost messing it up. Yeah, exactly. And didn't they drop one as well? John Luke dropped one. Uh, John Pierre scored, or is it John Pierre? John, JP Dupree scored. Yes, John Luke JP. dropped the ball over the line. Yeah, so they could have had more. Um, it's a, one notable thing, and it, it, I won't go into it in too much detail because it's, it's basically the same point as I made against Leicester. In that second half, Sale were down to thirteen men for an extended period of time. This is what I want to talk about. And Bath could not get over the line. Now I don't know how how to um, how to disaggregate 
how much of it was baths, bath messing up and how much of it was sales, the systems, the processes, the structures that have been put in place by Sanderson. But credit to sale in, in that instance. Because to have the onslaught that they faced or to have the pressure that they faced and not concede with 13 men on the pitch late in the game is, is impressive. So yeah. do you look at this as in it's amazing that Sale continually win with yellow cards? Or do you look at it as if, why are they not playing this well when they have a full complement of players? Because they're obviously playing within themselves and then they've got two cards. I mean, I thought... It's not about within themselves. I think God. It, it it simplifies, exactly as Phil mentioned about Leicester earlier, it totally simplifies what your outlook on the game is. You, yeah. you just zone in, you go, whenever AJ McGinty gets the ball, he's going to kick it as far as he can. Other than that, defend narrow, like yeah. like for every inch, basically. That's yeah. it. Kick, well, kicking, kick chase, line speed. Just your basic uh, defence coach mantra. Line speed, line speed, line basically, speed. Basically, <laughs> Saracen circa 2011. No, 2013, 14, basically. So, yeah, okay. Um, the reason I don't think that's quite right about the simplification of how you look at the game is because the sale team that I want to see is the sale team that ended the game. So I joked on Twitter that the yellow cards came just at the right time for Sale because they need to get back in the game. And they've done against Wasps with 13. I think they might have 13 against Leicester for a little while. Um, definitely twice. Now it's three times that they've done it with 13 men for an extended period of time. And it seems to breathe life into them. And then when they get the guy back, it, they don't go back to normal. They don't go back to their shelves. They, they then... Increasing intensity again, and then they get the fifteenth guy back, and then they increase it, increase the intensity again. Now, luckily for them, when Byron went off for a, tr- a trip for another for their third yellow card, yeah, didn't affect them because it was all down down to the pack. But at that point, you knew there was no coming back back for Bath. Whatever it is in Sale, I want them to be finishing off like they did at the end of the game, not starting like they did and needing oh, two yellow cards. Listen to, to him, listen to him talking about what I want for Sale. Is this 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 is your old team versus your current team? Well, I'll tell you what, I want but Bath, Bath fans, Bath fans will remember when you you absolutely loved them. They well, were your team. I do love Bath. I think Bath is the. I honestly think Bath is probably the greatest club in the UK, maybe in European rugby. If you were to sketch out a bunch of clubs that you'd like to play for, you, you put Toulouse on there, you put Bath on there. Would you not? Uh, Ulster number one. Well, not exactly. Not exactly. <laughs> maybe Leinster. I wouldn't mind a, a couple of years in Dublin. Leinster would be quite good fun. Leinster, Toulouse, Bath. That's a Benetton. 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 The, the, unbe- top, the unbeaten top, yeah. Benetton Treviso. The only unbeaten team in the Rainbow Cup in the uh, In the Mushroom North Cup. Who would you rather which English club would you rather spend your time with? I mean, there are people who like Exeter, I guess, because it's nice and country- yeah. countrified and whatnot. Uh Saracens and Quinns. Quinns for a certain disposition, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a free Maserati parking for me. Yeah, exactly. It is important it is important for you actually. Um <laughs> Well, because they've got old-fashioned grounds in the town, Leicester, Northampton, Northampton a little bit, and Gloucester, Gloucester. those three especially because they've got old grounds in the town. And you're not you're not a big fan of Bath the, as well. I'm a big fan of the AJ Bell. Bath as well. Right in the middle of sale, sale country, that. Yeah. You can walk from sale to the AJ Bell quite easily. It's quicker to walk. It's quicker to walk to the AJ Bell <laughs> than to drive you, there. You could. You can walk. From, you could go on the canal. Yeah, exactly. It's lovely. And then you pass, might you might get through. done by the, the pusher. The historic yeah. ma- what uh, Ross Ross Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, for anyone past, for, past the sewage. Uh, listening, that there's a there's a 
a, a local urban myth or legend that there is someone called the pusher who cl- who pushes people into the canal and is thought to have been the cause of many murders in well, Manchester. Well, we, we do have... There are, a lot, there are a lot of people that die in the canal. Yeah, and also there's a cyclist that was pushed in the canal and apparently the pusher, this is the only actual sighting of it, it's fairly recent, tried to keep him in there. That was, that's, the only, that's the only actual sighting. Mm. Yeah. But I wanted stay, that. Stay safe. I thought that Monica would be really good for a Manchester born prop, so I tried to get it going for Ross Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him on the stage, the Manchester pusher, Ross Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds like a murderer or, well, it's dr- a prop, or drug it? dealer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, so you know, say I want this for sale. I want I want stuff for Bath too, because it's it, it's a great bath, bath were decent. I agree. I think the, some of the best stuff that they played all season was was in this game. Set piece was good. Um, attack in places was good. It's another loss, isn't it? And yeah, you know, one losses. Not, yeah, not, losses, not every team can win. Losses and not. losses breed losses. They look like they're on for a losing season, and they might even lose miss out on. Well, at the moment, Europe, which is astounding. Yeah, well, certainly Heineken Cup. I will I will just draw an arrow back to last week's podcast and the points I made about the players they've missed for the length of time they missed you... them because this season is particularly unique and I won't go over it again. Just go have and listen you... to last week. Sensible, Tim. Repeat. Have Sensible. you read the emails that we're getting from our listeners? Uh, yeah. What, do you think that they are... Do you think So we've got three emails from three different listeners about... One one thing one of them wants to change the season season ticket to Bristol, which you know I see I see some see some logic there. I saw that, and then considering whether or not to renew and having a chat with his son about it, I think that's not that's not what being a fan is about. That's what JB did. He, that, switched, he switched from Bath to Sale. <laughs> yeah, I would do that. <laughs> no, uh, so you know, there's obviously some strong feelings that you, you you're still on board that the only thing which is wrong with Bath what, 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 is the players. Well, look, look at what, what the only thing I've got to look at since last week's conversation was a narrow loss to Sale, where Bath played well. To the third best team in the league. So, well, like, what do you want me to say after that? Go, oh, yeah, it's got even worse at Sale. It's got even worse for Bath because they narrowly lost to an awesome Sale team. Oh, sorry, the second best team in the league. So, that- so what do you want me to say after that? Well, I don't know. I mean, do you not think... The, the fact they can't... I don't think they can have a winning season, though. Okay. That, I mean, these these things not are serious. Uh, well... I think they're serious. Do you, do you not think they're serious, Phil? The uh, amount of money they spend. The, the sal- well, the sal- the sal- well, the salary cap. Most most teams spend the salary cap, right? So if you just take out Worcester and Newcastle from that, okay, who are the teams below them, right? Wasps don't spend the salary. Uh, cap. Wasps as well, yeah. Okay, uh, Leicester are not the salary cap. Um, Although you don't know, you don't know that. I do know that. Mm. I do know that. Do you know um, how much they're paying to Kyle Eastmond? I don't know the exact things, but I do Norwood know that they're not at the salary And Greg Bateman. Anyway, I, I, I'm not going to rehash the conversation I um, had last week. There's nothing in. There's nothing that's happened in the yeah. last seven days besides Bath losing narrowly to an extremely good sales side and Bath actually playing quite well, so there's nothing that's going to make me change my mind on that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble at Bath, so uh, I'll... I'll keep, my th- I'll keep my pounder dry on this because I've got a lot of thoughts about Bath and Stuart Hooper, and I'm going to share them tomorrow on a different podcast I'm on the Bath Rugby plug so Ooh. rather than uh, I, I, don't, I don't like this JB well 
I don't like this. You're going. I'm not going to. On the podcast we've done for seven years, I'm not going to say what I think. But uh, well, but do you think, I think we've had. Yeah, the, no, for fine. most of the past. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, more yeah. Than, well, actually, what am I talking about? What am I talking about? Yeah, great, good. If, good. if, 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 if you want me to talk about my well, Stuart Hooper thoughts, well, yeah, um, you, you'll say, uh, or you can listen to the last eighteen months of our podcast. Oh, okay, so <laughs> Tim, him. why did you, why Tim? Here are some thoughts. Why? Oh. <laughs> so I'm thinking now, Stuart Hooper <laughs> is officially, well, he's officially not 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 done well. This this cannot be. Cl- as as a success, but we knew that a few weeks ago. So the question That's being now new. is: Do you back him to go forward? Because let's just think of Stuart Hooper in a different light. Let's say he's doing what he's doing now, but for a different club, and he learns his lessons, whatever those lessons may be, and then he comes into Bath. Would he be Would he be successful? I think he's got a good chance, but the question is: Once you've made the mistakes at one club, can you then go and stay in that one club and then sort of make things better or do you need to necessarily move on? Is there a value in resetting your your environment to be successful? Uh, to, to answer that question for Hooper, I'd go back to my initial stance, which was I'm not sure I like the appointment in the first place. So I guess eventually he might get enough credentials experience to um, be successful somewhere but the, um, the continued poor performance you'd have to accept, both at Bath or wherever he goes, is not worth it. I would just say the 90, well, and again, it's I'm not going to rehash what I've already said, but just a variation on the theme. The 2020-21 season is not one that you can accurately assess where Bath are at because they have been so hamstrung by international call-ups. So would you stick with Hooper? Well, yeah, well, by its very nature, the 2021 season for Bath is not one you can assess where Bath are at because they've been uniquely hamstrung by international call-ups and COVID compressing the season, meaning they're missing massive amounts of talent for extended periods of time. Would you have stuck with Murphy? Uh, I'm trying to remember when he when he left his role. Uh, end of last season. Yeah, was it just similar before, sort of thing? Was quite it, it was before the end yeah. of last season. Yeah, because yeah. because you could accurately assess where Leicester were at. Yeah, we knew while, while he was at the helm. We knew so, enough about Murphy. So I don't. So I don't think that's that's fair on Murphy because I think he inherited a lot of stuff, yeah. which was not his fault. Oh no, totally, I agree with that. Yeah. So that's why I think they're so analogous. You got two guys who are club clubbing through and through. Good guys working work, working on their craft. I think Murphy would have done so much better if he'd taken the Cardiff job, which was allegedly offered to him, or the Northampton job, which allegedly was, you know, something which he could look... I think he was considered for it, whether that was a real thing. And then come back into Leicester, um, you know, with a completely resetted situation, a bit more power, can negotiate, you know, how he wants things to be run. And they could have stuck with him. But because of the way things went, he had he had to be fired. And I do think, you know, that's a, a tough... You know, a, a tough thing for him to take. And I think with Hooper, we're looking at something similar, which is he should have... Re- all of the stuff he's done, if this, if this is what he's, what he's talking about, he's talking about the same stuff as the other coaches. He's gone and done qualifications. He's done all the... You know, what you'd think is the right steps to be in this role. But he should have gone but, somewhere else. Yeah, where, I, to- I, so I, I would totally agree with the he should have gone somewhere else. Yeah. As in the... You get one crack at being a director of rugby. Most people will get one crack at being a director of rugby, particularly if you mess it up. Yeah. 
um, you will then have to go back to whatever your specialty is um, if you were going to stay yeah. in the game. I'm not even sure he's got a specialty, has he? I just don't think... Well, he wasn't really a coach, was he? He was more no, he's of not, a he's not management... A he's not yeah. a coach. He's, a, he's not a, a coach. Generic leader? Yeah, yeah well, leader he, slash he's manager. A, he's yeah. a DOR or, and, and that's, or... Basically, he's managing director of Bath, Bath Rugby day-to-day running. Uh, like the the rugby side of things, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we've, we've, we've yeah. spoken about this loads. Yeah, we have. We've, we've had eighteen consecutive yeah. weeks on the same point. Yeah, well, I think it's a slightly different point, but still, still. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, I think it's ten years. Uh, I think he'll stay, but, I think, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think I'd move on. I I think he I think he will stay. Um, there was another game this weekend. Was there? Did either of you see it? Which one was it? Well, the, the, um, yeah, there's loads of games like Major oh. League Rugby. Nola Gold um, lost, oh. unfortunately, and Houston Sabercats lost as well. Yeah, Houston Sabercats have not been winning struggling. much. Struggling. Um, unfortunately, Old Winnians lost to Bolton yesterday. Is this your new team now? It's not my new team. Uh, until You're giving Tok- up on Tok well, H. Tok-, Tok H has basically turned into a social club. Like there is no rugby going on at Tok H. No one is organising. No socialising though, is there? That's uh, outrageous. I'm going to get the authorities on uh, on the cake. No, no as a Tok H for a few beers. Good but there you. is no rugby going on. No one's organised any fixtures. Like, what do? You, how do you play rugby with no with no rugby <laughs> games? That's you know, that's why I'm well, there. Do you know what? Someone's let us know that in Scotland, I believe tomorrow or today, as you're listening to this, perhaps. Is is when uh, you're still not able to do full any any type of full contact as an adult in Scot in Scotland. Like obviously not elite pro level, yeah. but amateur level, which is like bonkers. Terrific. That Horrendous. is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, uh, the politics of COVID are beyond the scope of this podcast, but I yeah, think yeah, it plays yeah. into plays into exactly that, doesn't it? What people think is think is good, what people think are virtuous, what people think think things important. And completely discounts what is actually important, such as getting together with your mates to play rugby. Uh, yeah, but you know, I will say this: being, the, being healthy. Yeah, the RFU, having, having an outlet to deal with uh, the struggles that you that you process all week long. The not, R- not seeing your family, and your loved ones, and stuff. Anyway, I've got to say the RFU have done a bloody remarkable job at somehow convincing the government that this form of rugby is somewhat COVID secure. I can tell you right now. Well, other sports have been playing games for. Ages, yeah, but yeah, you know, we're not rubbing each other's faces, you know, yeah. In, in, in tennis, rocks. golf, <laughs> cricket, <laughs> cod. It's it slightly different. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, we can't scrummage. Okay, get it. We can't more, but we can. You know, I mean, the rocks Tackle. are exactly Rock. the same. You know, I'm picking and going into people. Um, tell, I don't know what, but I don't really care. Yeah, either. exactly. I, I'm don't, on the field. Don't complain. I'm with a good, yeah. good bunch of boys. And I've got don't, to say, a, a beautiful sunny Friday evening at Wilmslow Rugby Club. Oh, we've got we've got a beef. We've got a real problem. You, uh, you and I, real problem. Really? You 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 describe us as friends, wouldn't you, Tim? I would. I would hope so. I will. So would I. You wouldn't do anything to. I don't know. Maybe convince a player not to come to Talk H, but to go to Wilmslow Rugby Club because I have a. I have a text here which which says that you've recommended Wilmslow over Talk. You wouldn't do that, would you, Tim? <laughs> oh, I didn't. Would, would you do that? Would you do that? You wouldn't do that. Well, don't, don't, don't worry. I've cut this guy out of my life because I said there's no way <laughs> Tim would do that. There's no way. Never ever call me again, Lewis. My, my old man is a life member at Wilmslow Rugby uh-huh. Club. Uh-huh. He, he was uh, captain of the second team when Bill Beaumont was captain of the first team. Uh-huh. So. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, so, I, so I've got Wilmslow has a soft, uh, a soft spot in my heart. Anyway, I was there on a beautiful sunny evening Friday night, and it was so good. I was watching my son Louis play, and just seeing an, an under thirteens game of rugby playing again. It just felt absolutely brilliant. It is one of the, it just uh, so poor, poor people in Scotland. Get that, get that going as yeah. soon as you can. So, just to be, confirm, I've made the right choice cutting this guy out of my life because he lied is, about is me. He, has he gone to Wilmslow? Uh, no, no. He, he said. From what I can say, maliciously to drive a wedge between us, that you su- that you suggested that he goes to Wilmslow rather than immediately saying Talk H. I said, "There's no way Tim would do that." Well, no way. Anyway, I blocked his number. We don't need to discuss it anymore. <laughs> Good decision, JB. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great club. Wilmslow's a great club. I was there this morning. Were you? Yeah, with yeah. Young with, Thomas uh, with Young Thomas doing his rugby tots. Is it Lovely. Actually, was it? Was it just you? or Was the two of you there? Uh, me and Thomas plus uh, friend Harry. Yeah, and his yeah. boy, his boy Joe. Um, it's actually amazing. smash him, son. <laughs> you giving it all that, yeah? A little bit of that. Yeah. It's, it's actually genuinely. I say this for a two-year lad who's just over two. He's done six weeks of it now. His, it. his I wouldn't say he's loving it, but just his ability to concentrate for that half an hour window. For the first session, he was able to concentrate for maybe ten percent of the time. Now, after six weeks, he's up to like. Somewhere between sixty and seventy percent of the time, no, which that's is not bad. That's not the bad. improvement over that period. Has Let's been have a look at the, spread, the spreadsheet on his performance levels. <laughs> Come on, have you got a little heart rate monitor on him yet? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, good. But yeah, very good club, Tim. I'm not surprised you uh, so, you didn't recommend. It's a lovely that. club. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm just saying. Although, although what I will say is, I I left my bag there, and so on the way back from the Leicester game. I uh, someone from Wormsley Rugby Club had picked it up and t- took it to the house. So I went to the guy's house to pick the thing up. My goodness, there's some nice houses right there. Are there are some lovely oh houses. Oh my goodness, there's some ridiculous houses right there. It's crazy. There. Yeah, I one of my best friends from uni lived around there, and he's got a house. And you know, it's a nice house. It doesn't have a number, but a name. <laughs> and it was a phenomenal house to put it yeah. mildly. It's one of those houses, right, which is so big that they don't have floors. And what I mean by that is. So, like, you know, you're in my my, my, my little terracey thing now, and, you know, same with everyone's houses, actually. You go up the stairs, and there's a floor. There's a floor. There's a distinct yeah. ground oh, floor, this has got, first this floor. This has got two-storey windows in the little vestibule-type area, that sort <laughs> it of has a three. It has a three-storey conservatory, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you go upstairs, and then, instead of floors, they have you know, those sort of balconies going around, so you can look oh, down. Oh, I love like, it. Yeah. Mezzanine levels. Yes, that's exactly it. It's like, wow, wow. <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a lot of nice property in Wilmsville, um, but a, a substandard rugby club compared to Stock H. So, of course, Obs. Um Well, there was another Premiership game. Wasps Worcester. Of course, there was. Yes, which, Worcester have still only won one game this season. Yeah, which, isn't it? Oh, on the field, they've won. They've got more COVID wins than actual wins. Which Worcester were leading, nineteen sixteen, for the last twenty minutes when. Wasps were down to 14 men because of the Ben Morris red card. And Wasps still, or Worcester conspired to lose it. Wasps managed to win it. You know, um, we do talk, don't we, about the championship. Obviously, you've spoken a lot about the championship, Tim. The lack of relegation. Wonderful competition. Lack of relegation promotion. So on and so forth. There does not seem to me to be a team more in need of a year in the championship than Worcester. But then I was certain that Leicester's only way out of their funk for the past for the preceding two years plus was relegation. And yeah. they, they managed to do it. Well, it was I know, effectively ring fence because of Saracens last year, which yeah, is how they've managed to do it. Yeah. I know, but 
I, there, there, all I'm saying is there is a way out without that relegation, but you've got to be, I mean, Leicester have been, certainly under Borthwick, pretty brutal in their retention and rebuild. And it, that's, that is the only way if you're not going to get relegated. And this is exactly what Jonathan Thomas is doing, though. I think the biggest difference is between these two guys. Borthwick can pretty much write his own check to go into Leicester. I don't know what the what the numbers are, but I imagine if they want to get rid of him, it's going to be bloody expensive. Yeah, right. He's coming with a huge reputation. Yeah, and to be fair, he's delivering. He, yeah, he and, is. Yeah, you, know, you want Borthwick in, you're going to have to make sure that you give him everything he wants. I would, I would suggest. I don't know if that's true, but I think it's probably he, he's justifying it. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the calls he's been allowed to make to cut players, he's been able to do it. Yeah. So then you've got Jonathan Thomas, right? Who it's his first go at being a deal actually same as both first go at being a deal but you'd say without the reputation should get rid then shouldn't we JB he's, he's underperforming he's not doing well enough we should get rid no <laughs> I'm joking I'm, I'm joking. trying to no, because the difference would be like that wasn't he, he did go away didn't he he went to Bristol I know I know he was Bristol defence coach yeah yeah, but he's not got the uh, so I'm not going to compare him back to um to Hooper, but he's not got the calibre, the breadth on his CV that Borthwick has. Yeah. Uh, Borthwick with yeah, his Saracen's work, with his England work, with his Japan work, he, I, it's a different scale. My prediction on Jonathan Thomas is he has got a plan. It's a reasonable plan. It's it's easy to understand. I kind of like it. It's going to be conditioning first and foremost. I think that's where he wants to be. He's turning around a lot of people in his squad, but here's what I think will happen. Worcester fans and the Worcester... Um, board will run out of patience. I just don't think. I think the the job he's been asked to do is too big, too big for him, too big for him. It might to be too big for rebuild. anyone actually, unless unless they went and got someone like Steve Borthwick actually, where you have <laughs> where you have to keep him because of his name, and then you've got to you know say okay, we're going to give you a five year contract or something ridiculous. Then I I can't see how he turn how he turns this around. It's such a hard job. I yeah. it, I think it is a it's a tough ask. Yeah, but. Yeah. If they stick with him, I think he he might get somewhere. But I don't think they'll be consistently top six anytime soon. M- Mushroom Cup, where are we at with it? Uh, we're three rounds in. Uh, Benetton are the only undefeated team in the whole tournament. Get in. Um, I, they I, currently I, top the table. How did your beloved Ulster get on? I saw one little video oh, of Hendo just so, rampaging. Well, JB's beloved Benetton are top of the league. My beloved Ulster are flat bottom of the league. Did you see the Henshaw tackle on... Uh, what's his name? I'm sure it is it is this week. They played Leinster, did they? Leinster, Leinster played Ulster. Yeah. yeah, Henshaw tackles. Name some of your centres. Uh, Hume McCloskey. No. McCloskey. Nope. Hume, Hume McCloskey. I'm sure they started. Well, it begins with the M. Maybe it's a winger. Uh, no, him. That one. Balakoon. Balakoon yeah. gets absolutely annihilated by Henshaw. Like, really. Yeah. Oh no, I did see that. Obliterated. Yeah, yeah, ended. So for, uh, the reason it caught my attention is a guy in Talk H called Will who doesn't play anymore because his because <laughs> his shoulders have just given up the ghost. But he has this uncanny knack of being able to hit someone below the chin, above the sternum, but always legal. Like it is yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how he in does it. In the sweet it. spot. It is. Unbel- it's brutal to watch. Like he uh, doesn't do much. He has. He has done it in training, but like in a game, you think. How do you do that? Did like, you so, and this is exactly what Henshaw did, and obviously everyone was wild about it. Balakoon is he, he has put on a bit of timber, but he's got the physique of like a four hundred meter runner. Oh really? He's, yeah, he's lean, long legs. He's rapid. He, I think he finished a good try this week, but if you get hit by Henshaw, 
Tensho is a big, powerful centre. Oh, the way he hits it, and they reviewed it because it just looks so brutal. Like, well, it's legal. There's nothing, yeah, nothing yeah, with laws yeah. that say, and I don't know what law you can implement to stop that other than no, saying, no. don't hit him as hard. Do, do you want to stop it? You don't it? want to. I don't, don't want to stop I don't want that. to stop oh, no, it. Sorry, JB, you want to stop yeah, it? Yeah, it's me. No. 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 I did, think it, did, did either of you see the uh, Marika Corabetti hit this Oh, week? my word. No. That was out. Oh, yeah. On... It was uh, the Rebels were playing the huge. Blues. It was a reserve um, prop for the Blues. Yeah, I mean bl- Blues put fifty points on the Rebels, but um, it was reserve prop, and it was a monstrous hit. a winger on on a. Um, so Corbetti hits the prop. Yeah, yeah. and it was in the twenty-two. Um, blues are, I mean, Blues are hammering the Rebels, so it's kind of irrelevant. Blues are going round the corner and looking to spread it wide. The prop picks the ball there into his chest and Corbetti just comes in, totally blindsides him and nails him. Game Absolutely over. Absolutely nails him. Which there was maybe not 100% rap, but just let the boys play on that one. The, uh, nowhere, nowhere near the head. Su- superb hit. Those, the, I, I don't know if it's just, phys- it must be physical as well as the mentality of Fijian but born stars to just I I I played it. You you must have played at Sedgley Park with a or for and against with and against some some, uh, some awesome some awesome Fijians. I, I did Islander it. boys. We yeah. used to get a load of um. We used to get some Fijian servicemen playing at Newbury and uh, Damu Damu who played in the England seven side. We had him at oh, yeah. number eight. For, and oh my god, I've just <laughs> yeah, it's frightening. Yeah, it's it's frightening. Corabetti is some boy having your bones shaken by those type of hits. <laughs> um. Last thing I think I'll mention. Have you seen that I've been, I've been selected for side boys? We have. Yeah. yeah only because you told them that I was a hooker, not a back row. You are a hooker. No, <laughs> I'm a back row that, that has played hooker. I, when, when I was more than 90 kgs as well. No, I mean, I can put you forward. No, no, I'm all right. Uh, <laughs> if, they, if, if they're desperate, but no. So, so what, what was the selection process? Just tell us, tell us about that. The selection process was, um, hi JB, Ben Moon's uh, testimonial coming up. Um, I've got a pro- proposition for you. And I just said, I, I automatically said, wait. So I was going to ask um, the guy sledding, uh, uh, Chris Bentley, if I could play. And before I, as I was typing, wait, I want to play. He said, would you play? It's like, yes, I'll bloody play. <laughs> Absolutely, I will play. So um, I, I, I don't know if this is true. I assume it's true. He says there's 10,000 tickets sold in Sunday Park. Awesome. So I am playing against an, oh, ex, be, an Exeter yeah. Chiefs side. Um, like Dolman, Jess, um, Steenson, Steenson. There's a you know, there's a, Salvi. Uh, who else is in that team? Kai Horseman, Kai Horseman, Tom Johnson of the opposition back row, <laughs> and I'm with Johnny Beatty, myself, <laughs> and a another. So there is Ooh, someone Tim else. Cocker. There you are, Tim, Tim Cocker. There we are. What do I? What more do I need to beat up Julian? Me Sal- and you on the flank either side yeah. of John, Johnny Beatty. What else do I need to beat up? Um, uh, Tom Johnson and Julian Salvi other than my friend Tim <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how there, there'll I'm gonna... definitely be some beating going on yeah. I don't know <laughs> how I'm going to sure. navigate this I thought so I'm taking more seriously I should spin him a story Like, so we train on the Friday to make sure we line out some whatnot and obviously they're going to know that I didn't play Premiership or International or whatnot I just spin up a story that I spent most of my time out in uh, Japan. Uh, <laughs> I was an investment banker with Nomura. Obviously, I played a little bit. And they're not going to know that I never really played uh, since Centauri Sun Goliaths, are they? You know you were around uh, Strong Zero. Yeah. And I, some Japanese and whiskey. I'm, I'm pretty sure if I just put my put my game head on, 
yeah, I can talk to them about struggles in here, absolutely. I, I, I could sound, if I don't train, I can sound like I know what, what I'm talking about in the line-out. I can make all the right noises, clap and say the right things. <laughs> but my, my biggest worries are twofold. One, showing up looking like I've never played rugby in my life, uh, compared to those boys. Mm. And then two, is what if they, like... What if they lift me and my legs come apart and I just look like a, like a complete amateur? <laughs> so. I would be more worried about the hits. Not worried about hits. The you're not worried about okay. No, because I think no. everyone, everyone's going to be going at like I, I, I did get a fair warning, right? Don't try and be a hero because the last hero got ended by Danny Grucock. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think like they're okay. They're going to be playing fifty percent. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm very disappointed. I can't come to watch that. Yeah. I'm even more disappointed you can't play. I can't play. I've played against a few of those guys. Yeah, you have. You've already played against them. Yeah, well, when I'm suggesting, like, what position would you play? I was like, well, I play tight head for... <laughs> you don't, you don't want to play Who's testimonial is it? Ben Moons. No, thank you. You're not going <laughs> to... Hold on for scrum against Ben Moon. No. No. So no. who else is in the team? So Johnny BT mentioned. So in the team which I'll be playing for, I think, I think confirmed, and I'm not sure if I'm not, I'll just tell you. Anyway. Um, Hodgson at 10. Hook, Hook is in the team, so I guess he'd be fullback. Tyndall, Tom James, uh, and there's a few other spaces. And in the second row, I think it's Hugh Vivian and Dean Schofield. So like, I couldn't even play second row. Imagine me standing that says Hugh bloody... Bearing in, mind, or Dean Hugh, Hugh, bearing in mind those are the names you're mentioning, uh, is there any part of you that's, that's sort of going, why are they asking me? No. Uh, well, yeah, because it's a big it, David James hook to play with me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not every day he gets to do this. Any, it, any part of you, like, questioning the safety of this? I think it'll be... Well, I, I, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess Salvi <laughs> wants to go to his job on, on, you know, on, the, on the Monday if, he, if he's working. I don't know. Well, maybe. all I'll say is JB's already proven he will do a podcast from a hospital bed if necessary. <laughs> <laughs> he already has done in the past. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> well, the, the time that you lasted... David Flatman said this. He said, I will never play another game again in my life, except for if you're playing, in which case I might, which sounded like a, like, <laughs> sounded like a threat. <laughs> the last time you did it from a hospital bed, because uh, both JB and myself, to me, you're the only one who's not done this, the podcast from a hospital bed. Yeah, you're quite right. Um, you had, we spoke to JB, this was in the early days because we were at XFM. Um, we spoke to you like five minutes before we kind of hit the record button and you were so out of it on you were. Medicaid. You were babbling. You were not making sense. That's not true. And then when we pressed the button to record, you were perfectly clear, perfectly logical. <laughs> actually, more logical and clear than you uh, often are. Have you ever seen the episode of Father Ted? Exactly. Where, exactly. Thinking, no way, he's a complete pro, when he, uh, yeah. complete pro when he's on air. It was exactly like that. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to see me get absolutely written off by Julian Salvi, Tom Johnson. What date um, is this? I think it's fourth of September at Sandy Park. Yeah, come watch me get come watch me get get beaten up for you, Ben Moon. Uh, you beat up Julian Salvi, yeah, Kai Horseman, Tom Johnson. Yeah, and I'm going to spin them a story. I'm gonna, in fact, if you've got any suggestions as to what story I spin these, well, lads, why would you spin a story when it's going to be? The truth is going to cut the because truth will gonna, out. Yeah. They're not going to go. Oh, le, le, I'll let him run through because he played in Japan. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. This is how it will go down, Tim. Right? What will happen is everyone's like a bit of a gentleman's agreement. Yeah, okay. We're all we're all pretty good. We don't want to play. Uh, you know, we want to play fifty percent. Blah blah blah. But then they're going to find the weakling. Me. You know, actually, he's a weakling. You know, you, you can't switch off the natural competitive nature of elite sportsmen. Brilliant. <laughs> you <laughs> can't. You hear. can't switch that off. <laughs> 
that 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 just does not get switched off. Um, in fact, I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was only having a ch- <laughs> I was only having a chat with uh, I was chatting with my mum earlier, and um, she was laughing at the fact my brother was being really competitive playing a board game with his five, three, five and three year old sons. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, yeah, that's just the way that's just the way those guys are wired. I've got plenty of tri- tricks up my sleeve. I know I know my way around a ruby pitch. I'll be fine. You're still playing. Most of those guys aren't exactly. Tom Johnson's a personal trainer. You're, you're doing CrossFit, <laughs> <laughs> just just in any other business. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, you're right. That's that's the story you tell them, guys. Yeah, exactly. It's all right. I'm, I do CrossFit, guys. Um, I do those weird, stupid pull-ups <laughs> where, I look, where I look like a dying fish hanging onto a bar. <laughs> um, a, a little bit of any other business. I want to go to America so badly on a tier two tour. I'm loving Major League Rugby. I just want to mm. just want to shout it again. My my team Nola Gold got got a beating this week, but the conferences are wide open. The How Gil- are the Gro- um, Gil- 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 no, Gil- in, in the Western Conference? Um, the the Gilgronies and the Giltinis um, yeah. are both top uh, are the top two teams. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, it's the uh, Arizona. I've forgotten what their name is. Arizona, Atlanta, Atlanta. No, Atlanta. Atlanta. A- ATL. Uh, yes, it's, it's Atlanta. Yeah, are top. From the new uh, new in uh, New York Rugby Club and then Nola, but um, yeah, JP Doyle's out there, and we need to get out there and uh, have we some do. drinks with him. We do. I mean, yes. I'm, I'm going to tell you, Tim, it's not on. You're not unusual in having this thought that we want to get out there for a tier two sort tier two tour. <laughs> I think we really want to get out there for a tier two tour. Any opportunity? Uh, hypothetically, which is your preferred destination? Well, the um, the American rugby pod guys are in Atlanta, Atlanta Georgia. Yeah, yeah. JP Doyle's in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, that is exciting. Do you know the only problem with Atlanta, Georgia? What? Allegedly, this is not according to me. This is according to the guys that live uh, live there, Warren and Preston. It's mostly just on one street. Now, I'm not saying that the drinking should be first and foremost, but we should definitely consider that because it's just like what Atlanta's probably just one big street, and then all the pubs. pubs. Mind you, is that a bad thing? Yeah, I think if, uh, Austin, I like Austin. I'm up for Austin Gilgronies. Is there one in Nashville? Austin? Or no, Austin's Texas. Austin, no, no, no. Is, is there one in Nashville? Uh, I'll, I'll try to re- uh, read you the list. So we've got Austin, Texas, in. Houston, Texas, Los Angeles. Yeah. Mm. Then San Diego Legion play games in San Diego, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and Chula Vista. That's too much. No. Um, Seattle, Sunwolves, Seattle would be pretty cool. Yep. That would be cool. Um, cool. Utah Warriors, Salt Lake City. Nah. Um, New England Free Jacks in Boston, Massachusetts. Eh. I'd I'd like to do Boston. Um, it's easy to get to. Nola Gold. I'm New all Orleans. I'm all up for Louisiana. I'm all good. up for New Orleans. That one Old Glory sound... DC, Washington. No, uh, no, not not up for Washington. Uh, Ruby, New York. They've done it before. Do, yeah, yeah, done whatever. it a few times. Um, Ruby ATL, Atlanta, Georgia, and the Toronto um, Arrows. Not interested in kind of one bit. Um, Toronto, I, Toronto, I could be. Up, I could be up for. I'm interested in Toronto. Yeah, no. oh, yeah, we've got we've got options. I'm go. I'm go. If I could rank them, I'd rank New Orleans number one. New Orleans, yeah, I think New Orleans would be a New Orleans, New Orleans. Would be cool. I, I would like well, I've been, Houston I've been, or Austin would be good. Yeah, I want to go to that that deep South area partly because I've been watching loads of music documentaries and like rock and roll music all started in Mississippi, Tennessee, um, Louisiana. Buddy Holly and all that. So I, I want to go and soak up a bit of that. I wouldn't mind doing uh, and some rugby. Maybe we need to do more than one weekend there. 
It just doesn't sound like we can square the circle with no, what we I think end. you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. Anyway, tier two tours. Yeah, we'll get planning. If you've got any suggestions or you've been anywhere, let's get out. To, I, want to, I want to support Major League Rugby. It's got nothing to do mm. with... Uh, well, look, tier two tour. Tier two tour number one. Let's get this this one sorted. North Dorset Sevens. Yes. Look them up. Find out. If you are a patron subscriber to us, we will make sure that you are well looked after in terms of the light. Uh, Have you put the information show. up yet? No, we've had it confirmed last night. Okay, cool. Last 23rd, 24th, 25th of July. It's a Lions weekend, so we'll be watching the second test, I think it yeah. is, uh, on the Saturday. We'll be playing some rugby across the weekend. There'll be an event we're putting on on the Friday night and a live podcast on the Sunday and a whole load of uh, shenanigans in between. Perfect. Can't wait. Uh, Gillingham in North Dorset. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. sorted. Yeah, he's at Beardmore on, cock- uh, on Cocker. <laughs> he's at Beardmore on Twitter. I don't want to. I don't want to see you on Twitter because I'm getting off that hellhole. Uh, Phil is lurking. I'm going to do what Phil does. I'm going to start lurking and just reading. I'm yeah. not, not going to post. I'm just going to read. I'm going to be a lurker as well. And uh, we're at Rugby Podcast Patreon.com/slash/EggChasers. Contact EggChasers at gmail.com. Go and hit subscribe on that YouTube feed. Hit subscribe on the podcast feed for goodness' sake. And let the boys play. Let the boys play. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.